0: Hey everybody, welcome to Low Key Deadly, the True Crime Supernatural podcast, where you're snatching your wigs, your souls, and your airplane tickets because flights are cheap right now. I'm Cameron.
1: I'm Victoria. I'm
2: Sylvia.
0: Welcome back, bitches.
2: Welcome back.
0: Welcome back. Welcome back. back. We decided to invite back our guests from our previous episode, (laughs) Sean. Okay, so I'm going to tell you guys a little story today. But first, what's everybody drinking?
2: We're drinking Malort because we love Chicago. And since we can't travel right now, we're taking ourselves. Taking (laughs) a bit
0: of burnt tire with you back home.
2: For those of you who haven't had it it tastes like burnt rubber tires. And it goes down smooth and it's good.
0: It does not go down smooth and it is not good. Do not taste
1: (laughs) it. Do not lie. Do not like to our listeners. I'm sick of
0: this bitch insinuating that that alcohol is good. Just...
1: It's not good. I like the burn. It's it's good.
2: Get it like the burn burning. Okay.
0: Well, I hope you choke. Victoria, what are you drinking? <laughs> <I'm a> bitch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I am drinking Bacardi rum straight.
0: Bacardi. <laughs> um and I am having I'm having a, trickle, a triple yak with a Coke back. I'm just kidding. <laughs>
2: what, the <fuck? laughs> what the fuck is that?
0: It's cognac you with say Coke. Say again? A triple yak with a Coke back. Okay. Well, I think it's a double yak with a Coke back, but I wanted to up it a little bit due to this damn quarantine that I am so sick of because I haven't been able to get my weekly injections. <laughs> and I'm talking about filler. Oh
2: my God.
0: So, I actually have a handle of Tito's and I don't want to leave the house because you should be staying the fuck home.
1: Um, Just kidding.
0: Do whatever you want.
1: I need to get more alcohol. <laughs> I'm running low.
0: It's called Instacart. <laughs> I don't.
1: Um, there's an Instacart. They're going on strike, camera. Right they're right not going to do well.
0: They're going on strike?
2: Yeah. I wanted to. Yeah, because they're not being paid enough. Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: shit. Well, first so, of all, their prices are way too insane for those people not to get paid enough. Your
1: price is way too high. You need to cut
0: it. Cut it. I ordered it um, a couple weeks ago, and they charged me like a $15 delivery fee on top of tax. And I do not believe that tax is that fucking much. Oh,
2: shit. <laughs> so, That's hazard pay.
0: rant over. Just kidding. Um, so today, my story, I'm going to take you guys back to the 1950s, a time where glam was prevalent, flights were new, and insurance was cheap. Just kidding. (laughs) I'm too drunk to fucking do this right now.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I know, you have to pretend to like, (laughs) be okay.
0: Okay, so before we get into the story, let's all take a shot. Yes. To make my triple yak with a Coke back.
1: Oh, that just sounds like you just blew your back out. The wrong way.
0: That too, Victoria. <laughs> that too. I know, is somebody I know. fucking shaking a martini <laughs> right now? What the hell is going know. on out there?
2: Well,
0: yeah. I'm sorry, are you Tom Cruise and Cocktail, Sylvia? Or what? I'm
2: trying to get lit oh. for your story. My
0: story's lit enough on its own. (laughs) So, on November 1st of 1955, around 6.50 a.m., 39 passengers and five crew members boarded a flight from Denver, Colorado, to Portland, Oregon. So, 11 minutes later, all 44 people on board were dead, including a child. Uh, The flight crashed into a sugar beet farm about 43 miles away near a town called Longmont, Colorado, So by nightfall, the FBI was on the scene, and there was just so much debris from the explosion. Smoke was filling the sky. There were passenger seats and suitcases in people's front yards, so it was like a big mess. I'm sure you guys could not imagine a flight exploding. Yeah. So um, as the bodies were actually found, they would station somebody there with a flashlight to mark it, because this was in the 1950s, so they didn't have like that kind of technology. So they were like, you stand here, light up your flashlight, and when we call you, like, fucking flicker it or whatever they did. Um, <laughs> so for the 1950s, I feel like 44 people was a lot, like, at once. So at that point, they were like, okay, well, what do we do with all of these bodies? They decided to work with the National Guard, and they opened a temporary morgue in the National Guard armor- armory, to store all of these people that were dead so after like all of this happened the civil aeronautics board investigated the crash to see why it happened and uh what could have made this plane literally just crash land in the middle of a beet farm so during the investigation, they actually took all of the debris from the, air, uh, from the crash site to an airplane hangar, and they kind of reconstructed it, so that way they can figure out like what was going on. They knew the plane had exploded mid-flight, and not, um, there wasn't anything that like triggered engine failure because of how the plane went down. It was basically kind of cut in half. And the tail of the the plane was a mile away from where the rest of it was. So that was their indication that there was an explosion. Because if it had been like an engine failure, the plane would have crashed like as a whole. There was a theory that it could have been the aviation gasoline that exploded because it was highly volatile. At one point in the investigation, they actually found a a smell. It smelled like a, a firecracker, like a sulfur smell. And copper wire, so they knew that it was actually something, it was actually some type of explosive that caused the plane to go down. So the Civil Aeronautics Board advised the FBI that they need to open a criminal investigation. The FBI at that point now had the task to figure out who was responsible for this catastrophe. One of the first things that the FBI looked into is who had something to gain from, like, the the plane going down. Most of the time, it's going to be something financial as the reason why something like that would happen. So their first response uh, was to look into who bought, like, the most life insurance for this flight. Because I don't know if you guys knew this, but... In the nineteen fifties, it was actually really popular to get a life insurance policy before the flight, just mm-hmm. in case something were to happen. So they had these life insurance vending machines for the passengers to purchase uh purchased I heard about those. yeah, before they got on the flight so the idea was that you put your quarters into the machine, it's like two dollars and fifty cents and it'll distribute these paper documents and then before the flight you sign them and then you deposit them into the specified slot and then your trip is your one way trip is covered for this policy and the amounts range from anywhere like to from $6000 all the way up to like 30 or 40,000 so when they were looking through the amounts to see if there was anything astronomical, they didn't see anything over the the, the max limit that was purchased. Like, nobody purchased, like, multiple policies or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So at this point, they're like, okay, so it wasn't anybody outside of the plane. So it was probably somebody on the plane because they wouldn't have purchased life insurance if they knew that they were going to die, basically. So, at that point, they were like, okay, well, let's look through the luggage, like, let's find out if anybody saw anything, like, abnormal. And at this point, it was really weird, because they actually caught a big break in it to find out, to get, like, one step closer to who actually caused this catastrophe. So the FBI interviewed the crew and the crew actually happened to remember that specific baggage loaded onto the plane because uh, when the plane came in from Chicago one of the Chicago staff members actually left a set of keys in the cargo hold so they had to remove everything off of that flight uh, to try and look for it. So when they we're putting it back on they decided to only put on the luggage that was going uh that was originating from denver and that was only three bags so out of the three bags there was one bag that looked suspiciously large enough and heavy enough to carry this type of explosive and that bag actually belonged to daisy king
2: so, back then, they didn't check luggage for explosives?
0: No, in the 1950s, they didn't, have, they didn't have, like, like what that. we have today with uh, TSA. <laughs> you know, they have th- those body scanners and they have the, um, I don't even know what they're called, like, the the x-ray type things for the luggage. Yeah. They didn't have any of that. So, it was just, flying was, like, very new at that point. Why so, people, think, like.
1: If you think about it, if you hear about a lot of, like, the drug wars and stuff. A lot of them mm-hmm. from back in the day would transform from planes because they never yeah. checked it that's I think true. it was I think it started becoming major probably right after nine eleven but it wasn't like mm-hmm. a big deal to fly back in the day
0: yeah, it wasn't at all and people didn't have a lot of trust in in flying so that's why they actually had those life insurance policy vending machines like right there because they knew that people would be unsure about like what's happening so they would okay. spend all of this money on policies.
2: So they're like, you can bring whatever the fuck you want on this plane, but you could also buy a shit ton of life insurance.
0: Basically and it was crazy because before this even happened, there was like three or four instances of somebody buying tons of life insurance policy with the intention of putting the plane down. Just to be able to like take care of their family. It was yeah. crazy. Going back to the FBI's investigation, they now had this person. Her name was Daisy King. And they basically went out and interviewed her daughter and son. So Daisy was traveling to Alaska to be with her daughter during uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas because she lived in in Alaska. So she was going to spend a couple of months out there. Mm -hmm. So Daisy's daughter ended up flying out to Denver, where they lived, and the FBI ended up interviewing Daisy's daughter and son. So, when the FBI was asking them questions about their childhood, uh, they expressed that the family was broken up during the Great Depression because of the death of Daisy's then-husband. And Daisy's daughter, Helen, was sent away to a religious prep school, and their son, Jack, was sent to live in a Denver orphanage. So she was able to work because there was, there was no money. Back then, like, you had a choice. Like, you can either keep your kids and struggle and not eat, or you can send them away and make money to try and bring them back. So it was this very, like, tumultuous thing that was going on. Could you imagine, like, just trying to... Survive, and you end up just having to send your kid away because you don't have any money.
2: Oh,
0: no. Send your kid away—that's so crazy. Yeah, crazy. it was too much. Years went by, and at that point, Daisy actually met her third husband. So she was married twice before. So one, the, her first husband, nobody really knows anything but anything about. We know that her second husband died during the Great Depression. Now there's this third guy who is actually pretty well off so it solved all of her financial troubles after her third husband's death his name was earl king daisy came into some money i assume that he would have had like some life insurance policy or something like that and she wanted to kind of make amends for everything that had went wrong in her kid's life so her first response was to buy her son jack who at that point had his own family Uh, She wanted to buy him a house, but she also wanted to build a basement apartment, so that way she can kind of be close to them and kind of make up for that lost time that they had. So, after all this was done, like, they were living fine, they were all together, besides Helen, she was in Alaska. Fucking Helen. (laughs) (laughs) So, Daisy has the idea to open up a drive-thru restaurant um, and have her son Jack manage it, so... Daisy, when the investigators were asking them, like, so what was Daisy like? Like, tell us a little bit more about her. They described her as being very depressed and very unhappy all the time. And one thing that stuck out to the FBI detectives was that she actually had attempted suicide at one point. So, of course, naturally, the police are like, okay, well, if she's suicidal, then that might be a reason why this plane went down, you know? Mm
2: -hmm. So, can I ask you a question, So. Yeah. So the the plane did crash, right?
0: Yeah, it crashed.
2: Crashed, and then they found three suitcases, and they are investigating. One of the suitcases that they're investigating is Daisy
0: yeah because of that tip that they caught, um, there was only three suitcases that were loaded onto the plane that day and because the um, airline workers had to take them out and put them back, they remembered that specific okay. luggage set so that's why they were able to identify like well, there was an abnormally large suitcase there and it was super heavy and it belonged to like so and so Daisy. Okay. So, naturally, like, after they're hearing that Daisy had attempted suicide at one point, they were like, okay, well, this could be a reason why the plane went down. They were like, okay, so tell us everything leading up to the flight. What happened that day? Basically, her son and daughter said that Daisy had packed her suitcase, and her son told the police that she had packed a lot of ammunition because she was planning to hunt in Alaska. And then that was also, like, a tip-off for police. Like, okay, ammunition. Like, this is... This is like becoming very cut and dry. Like this bitch was trying to blow up the plane. Sorry. This lady was trying to blow up the plane. Call her a bitch.
1: Call her the real bitch.
0: (laughs) bitch. We'll keep listening and then you'll be able to decide. Jack's wife, her name was Gloria They were also kind of talking to her She wasn't really like a big interest Because she was kind of off to the side Uh, She said that she was loaning Daisy a sweater To take to Alaska And that Daisy would not let her near the bag She would not let anybody near the bag Like she packed her bag Nobody else touched it So she had to actually physically Hand the sweater over to Daisy And then Daisy put it in her bag So she was being very like weird Then they were like, okay, at this point, like, Daisy left for the airport in a cab uh, with Jack, her son, and the cab was running late. So, like, Daisy, like, became, like, very visibly, like, upset that the cab was running late. So they all kind of thought that this was adding up. Like, okay, so she was very upset. Like, she wouldn't let anybody pack her luggage. It it was just becoming this very clear-cut situation about, like, what had happened. When they finally got to the airport, Daisy actually told Jack, like, go buy some life insurance policies for this flight. So, three policies were purchased. So, one was issued to Jack, her son. One was issued to Helen, her daughter. And the third policy was issued to Daisy's sister. So, And each policy was bought for, like, the lowest amount. I think it was, like, $6,700. So... With the inflation from sixty seven hundred dollars in nineteen twenty five, so it's the equivalent of sixty four thousand six hundred and sixty nine dollars and fifty cents in twenty twenty, so it's it's a big difference. So you can see how much like even the minimum was because the policies were bought for the lowest amount. Like police were kind of like, okay, this is. This is weird. <laughs> yeah. Because all of this stuff is pointing to Daisy.
2: Right. Like, why would she spend so little on the life insurance if she wasn't trying to do something?
0: Yeah. So it, it so, kind yeah. of prompted police to be like, I want to dig a little bit further to find out like any more information. And they when they were digging, like they actually found something. And this wasn't the first time that an explosion happened around Daisy. So. <laughs>
1: Oh. Just uh-huh. yeah, I remember. Mm-hmm.
0: She is lit, literally. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. just two months prior from the plane exploding, there was an explosion at her drive-thru due to a gas leak. So, because this happened, Daisy actually re- received an insurance payout for it. And police were like, okay... Hey, that's that's really weird. Like, it's just really off. So they did a little bit more digging, and then they found out that the drive-thru was actually struggling financially, and Daisy was actually thinking about selling the business, which, at that point, they were like, why would you blow up your own business if you were trying to sell it? Like, it just didn't make sense. Would you? No. <laughs> the insurance money, maybe? <laughs> but yeah, like, but the insurance money is only going to cover so much. Like, if you can yeah. sell it and make more, like, why would you even bother? <laughs> it just seems like more of a headache than anything because like you're at that point you're like okay like I don't want to get caught but I'm going to blow this bitch up like how do I do this instead of just being like okay I'm going to put it up on the market like some people give me 20 and don't. we'll call it even
1: some people just don't care I mean it probably it just seems like with Daisy she kind of was kind of unstable mm-hmm. so it probably wasn't even about the money maybe she was just like she got pissed off at something and then just she decided, was fucking you know dead I'm just gonna blow the shit up. So, did, did they catch
2: who
0: it was, or? So, I still have a lot more, bitch. Just kidding. <laughs> oh my god. So, at this point, the FBI had two theories. So, the first theory was like Daisy was behind all of us. She's a crazy bitch. She blew up this plane and killed 43 other people, or. Maybe this is just, like, a weird coincidence and somebody is, like, trying to hurt her. Police at that point were like, okay, well, let's look down this other route just to make sure. And they were like, who would gain financially from something happening to Daisy? Who would you guys look to if something happened to her? Like, who would gain financially?
1: Her son, right?
0: Her kids. Like, mm-hmm. so yeah. Daisy's estate and today in today would be worth, like, around a million dollars. So where would that money go her kids police then were like okay let's let's check this out because this is getting a little bit interesting and police found that daisy's son had actually previously worked for the same insurance company that insured the drive through and that paid her out all that money for the explosion and they were like okay well maybe it's just a coincidence maybe But then, like, they were looking back and the police at that point were getting a lot of tips to look into Jack because he was behind the explosion at the drive-thru. So people were literally calling in saying, like, no, 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 honey, this bitch was behind it.
2: How old is the kid?
0: Her son. He was older. He was, like, in his... He was actually 20, like, in his 20s, early 20s, 23, 24.
1: There was just a lot of things that she did that would just be like, are you... I mean, I'm not a person on violence, but, you know... You're just, like,
0: making yourself a suspect at that point by doing all that weird shit. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) So, after, like, they were getting all of these tips, um, they actually got a call from the people that were working at the hangar. Remember I said that they were, like, putting together everything uh, back Mm -hmm. together? So, at the hangar, they actually collected the debris and they found some of Daisy's personal belongings... And in her purse, like, among the belongings was actually a faded news clipping from 1951. And in that news clipping, it indicated that Jack was actually involved in a check fraud scheme. <laughs> so at that point, they were like, okay, something's <gasps> a little bit off. So digging. Go ahead.
2: Sorry. So she knew something.
0: Yeah, so, like, digging further, like, they found out that Daisy offered to pay the restitution for the check fraud scheme, so that way the judge would go easy on Jack. So it's kind of like that protective mother thing, and they were like, this is just so, this is such, like, a weird case, because, like, everything's pointing to Daisy, but we also have all of this other evidence pointing to her son Jack, like, what is the motherfucking answer? So police went back to Jack's house and were like, hey, you know, we found all of these personal belongings. And he's like, oh my gosh, you know, I would love to have them. He's like, yeah, yeah, we'll bring them to you. And then the police, the police officer, one of them. So there was two of them. So one of them went inside for whatever reason to get a drink of water, use the bathroom. And he was with the wife, Gloria. So the police officer then just started to like talk to Gloria and question her a little bit. And she basically like, Corroborated Jack's timeline to a T. But then she was like, Well, there was like there was one thing, but it's like kind of irrelevant and it's really sad that you know his mom will never get to know. And the police officer was like, Well, bitch, like what was it? (laughs) Mm. And she was like, Well, Jack was planning on surprising his mom for Christmas and he snuck a he snuck a wrapped present in her suitcase before she left for the airport
2: oh oh. This oh. Ass
0: bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh no it probably doesn't make any difference but you know he wanted to give her a little <laughs> present it didn't feel the need to notify anybody so at that point the police were like okay this motherfucker like something is not adding up so after they got this piece of information police were then like we need a warrant go to the judge collect that shit and let's go back to the house so they got the warrant they went back to the house and they were searching all over they didn't really see a whole lot but at one point behind a dresser I was like how meticulous is in this investigation if they're looking behind fucking dressers I'm like do I have anything behind my dresser like that I need to know about (laughs) (laughs) So, behind his dresser, there was a life insurance policy taped to the back of it. And that life insurance policy was the maximum that that vending machine would allow for $37,000.
2: Oh, my God.
0: So, the story's twisting a little bit, bitch. So, $37,000 in today's money is about $357,130.07. Oh, shit. So he was planning on getting paid, hunty. Oh, my God. So he killed his
2: mom.
0: Okay, bitch, way to ruin the ending. <laughs> so while they were looking, like, they were still like, okay, well, we found this, like, let's keep on looking. And in the pocket of one of his shirts... They found copper wire, the, similar to the wire that was found at the crash site because they actually found some copper wire that was connected to the suitcase. Like I don't think I mentioned wire. that. And it's like, why is it in your shirt pocket, first of all? If I was going to be doing something like this, I would be digging up holes in the ground. They would probably <laughs> use a metal detector and I would still get caught, but at least it wouldn't be in my shirt pocket. Like, yeah,
1: It would have been in a different state. <laughs> It would have yeah. been in my neighbor's backyard.
0: I would have taken a trip to West Hollywood, had a fun night, and buried it behind Mickey's. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I can't.
0: I think I actually skipped over that part. So the police actually found among the crash site, like, a six, uh, copper wire and um, like battery caps or something like that. Like, wire caps. Mm-hmm. And that was leading them further to a believe that it was, like, a bomb. They actually did some searching, like, around Colorado at some hardware stores because they were like, okay, hey, well, this is the bomb. Like, we're just gonna search around and see if anybody bought some specific items because um, they thought that it was dynamite. So they were searching to see who sold dynamite and who, they, who that store sold it to. So they actually hit a break in a town of Kremlin, Colorado, and the store clerk or the store owner identified out of pictures, that Jack was the one who came in and he sold dynamite to him. Okay. Oh, yes, bitch. After the store owner identified Jack as the person that he sold dynamite to, police were like, okay, this bitch, this bitch, we are taking him in for questioning. Just kidding. <laughs> Literally, just like that.
2: Flying a plane
0: They were like, bring his fat ass in for questioning. Just kidding. He was actually really fit. They brought him in and they were like, okay, this is what we found. Why is there this policy of $37,000 when you told us that you only bought three for $6,700? And why did we find copper wire in your pressed shirt? Like, what the hell is going on here? He was like, oh, no, I don't know anything about that policy. Like, that's news to me. And that copper wire, <laughs> we actually use that at the drive-thru, you know, for electric purposes.
2: I do life insurance was taped to the back of my dresser? Who put that there? What?
0: <laughs> I'd be like, bitch, look. <laughs> I just, like, yeah, I can't with these people. Police knew that he was full of shit, and they were pressing him and pressing him about what they had found. And then... At one point, like, Jack just succumbed to the pressure and started to talk, getting into the deets. Jack admitted that he had put this bomb on the plane, and he said that he used a 6-volt battery and an analog appliance timer that had 60 minutes left on it. You know those... They're actually not that long ago. Like those timers where you turn and it's like, they're like those, it's like a dome shape and it it has like a little handle and then you turn it all the way around like the numbers. Yeah. Back then that's what they had and that's what he had to make do with. And because it only had 60 minutes on it, he left really late to get to the airport, which is why in the beginning, remember she was super upset because like, they had left so late, and she was she was like, I need to get to my fucking flight, like, or else I'm going to be late. So because the timer only had 60 minutes, he had to leave late to ensure that it would get on the plane. So... Um, <laughs> I
2: don't know. <laughs> okay.
0: I know, bitch. Shut up. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> when Jack and his mom got to the airport... They actually hit a little bit of a snag because when Daisy went to check her bag, the airline employee was like, bitch, this is 30 pounds overweight. Like, <laughs> there's going to be a fee at $27. So she said, like, you can pay the $27 or what you can do is you can open the luggage and we can remove some items and have them shipped to where she was going because it'd be less of a cost, save her some money, and it would still get there. You have these people standing over the package deciding whether to open it or not. Isn't that so crazy? she was like jack like i don't know what to do and he's like bitch just check it because like what if they ship something that you need when you get to alaska and you don't know how long the shipping company is gonna take so you should just check it so it's just so crazy to me like these people are discussing opening this package with a bomb inside of it Mm -hmm. like just sitting there and then at the end of it daisy's like okay i'll just pay the extra and she checks her luggage fucking daisy
2: damn that sucks (laughs)
0: Damn. so the plane takes off it was flying it was about 46 miles from where it took off to where the the plane actually blew up and after this confession police were like okay bitch put these handcuffs on and it's not sexually you're going to jail Just
2: kidding.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> jack was arrested and put on trial The interesting part, like, about this whole trial was, like, during the 1950s, because flying was so new, there were actually no federal laws that stated that blowing up an aircraft was a crime. Can you (laughs) believe that? Uh Oh, my God. The DA actually decided to charge him uh, with one single charge of intentional, deliberate murder and named the victim as Daisy King.
2: How is that (laughs) fair? For killing everyone else?
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, there's 43 other people that didn't have the kind of justice that I feel like they deserved. It was a totally different time, so there was only so much that they could do. And I think that that's the the problem with our legal system, is that there's all of these loopholes and ways to get around a certain charge, and it just makes it to where, like, you can't properly serve justice for every single person who has been wronged, which kind of sucks. But in the end like after the trial like he was found guilty and he was actually sentenced to death so oh, shit. it was a I think it was a just like sentence because of how many people died and even though like they weren't named like maybe they ha- their families had some justice out of it because he ended up dying so he was gassed in January of
2: 1957
0: shit, so gassed. yeah they fucking gassed
2: his, oh. gassed his ass gassed his <laughs> ass
0: it, when you think about it, like the whole time frame from like when this first started, when the but plane look. blew up um <laughs> to January of nineteen fifty seven I think that it was like thirteen or fourteen months, so it was a relatively like quick thing in regards to like an investigation to when he was actually put to death so after Jack's conviction, uh, President Dwight Eisenhower actually signed a law that blowing up a plane was a crime.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He was like, okay, bitch, I see you. What I've learned with America is like very like trial and error. Like, oh, we would yeah. suspect that someone would blow up a plane. Oh shit, someone did. <laughs> Let's make up a law. Yeah. And um, there's just like a whole <laughs> bunch of other ones. Like, if you were to really pay attention to the law back in the day, to the laws now, like even look up. Um, if you ever look up documentaries about how cars were made, trial and error. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of people yeah, died us yeah. yeah. to have safe safety vehicles today. <laughs> so I don't know. i'm not surprised that they had to create that law because again not when you make up laws you're not really thinking that someone's legit gonna do this but then yeah no
0: stuff has to happen there has to be precedent for like a law to be put in place so things have to happen there's just no way around it
2: if you do think about it like when people first started flying like i guess no one really thought like you know maybe someone might try to blow this bitch up one day
0: (laughs) maybe (laughs) flying then was just like such a different time because you know how like today like we wear our most comfortable clothes I'll wear sweatpants on a flight just because like I don't want to be uncomfortable sitting there and back then, like they would, they would dress up like they were fucking going to the Met Gala to get on a forty-five-minute flight to fucking Portland. <laughs> so that's my story. Um, I think it was a really good one, and I I'll, I suggest that everybody look up a crime to remember and watch the actual like
2: episode, episode.
0: on it because they are very dramatic and it makes for a really good
2: television i I really want to watch it i just think that's so crazy that no one caught it or like even daisy because
0: i'd be like like, my my bag is fucking heavy like what the hell did i pack but
1: again why would would you like suspect like let's say the roles were switched and it was like you had a son would you suspect your son was about to kill you in a plane bombing like that already sounds yes. so far-fetched. <laughs> <laughs> that already sounds so far-fetched. Happening. And it's just I can understand why like cuz again, you don't think that things are going to happen like that. But nowadays, yeah. you know, people are capable of anything. So, I mean, I don't I don't I don't blame her for not checking cuz it's a gift from your son. Why would you think that gift was actually a explosive?
0: Yeah. yeah. Basically, this story shook the nation. People were all scared to get on fucking flights. I'm still scared to get. On. I I'm not a good flyer. I can tell you that much right now. Really? Like I mm-hmm. hate planes with the passion. And like I have this ritual. Like I pull the magazine out of the front of the the little pocket right there, and I sit there and I will like stare at the same picture until they're like, okay, we're good, or like we've they've turned off the fucking seatbelt <laughs> sign. You know how there's turbulence. The
1: you know that's how there's turbulence when you're coming in to Phoenix? There's always yeah. turbulence every time I fly. There was one time it was, like, really bad. And, like, the person who sat right next to me kept grabbing my thigh. She's like, I'm so sorry. I don't know what's going on. And I'm like, it's turbulence. But then she's like, it's okay, honey. Out. I
0: kind of like uh...
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, don't touch me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she's like, hey, Ugh. you're looking kind of cute.
2: <laughs> if planes are rocking.
0: Um, call the police because somebody's hijacked it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the part that gets me is where, like, it was overweight, so she couldn't take some stuff out. Like, because if you think about it, that happens all the
0: time. I know. Like, What's so, uh-huh.
2: the difference between, like, saving something or, like, you know, fucking it up?
0: Fuck mm-hmm. it up, fuck it up. <laughs> I mean it was just like it was a crazy story to me because for the longest time people were like, No, that bitch did it. She was on a suicide mission to end oh, yeah. this yeah. plane uh-huh. and it ended up being her fucking son. That
2: builder, wow.
0: I'm not having motherfucking kids. I just cannot. No, because I'm gonna know. be that parent that they'll want to kill. They'll be like, I'm gonna <laughs> kill him. Yeah, I bad, am right. going <laughs> to kill him. <laughs>
1: We had
0: to end our podcast because sadly, <laughs>
1: Cameron's dead. I'll do a story on your, on your death. Don't worry.
0: <laughs> he was a bitch in life, and he was a bitch in death.
2: He was a hoe in life and a hoe in death.
0: <laughs> 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 he lived that whole life for so
1: long. <laughs>
0: we always thought that would get him. Whole <laughs>
1: life. We always thought that would get
2: him. <laughs> You're so stupid. <scared. laughs>
0: Do you remember those memes where it's like, when you're dead, but ho is life?
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Oh, That's here we me.
1: Go here we go again. He was obsessed for like a month <laughs> with the ho is life meme.
0: I love ho is life. That is my favorite hashtag of all time. And I will continue to pimp that shit for the rest of my life. I loved it so much. So, what's everybody been doing this whole quarantine? I need to take a break, and I need to talk about what everybody's been doing.
1: Working. (laughs) Thank God. That's all I've been doing.
0: You got to work from home, huh?
1: Yeah. So, I'm really happy.
0: It's so annoying because I'm considered an essential business. I still have to go and, like, show homes and... Okay, this one bitch, I'll tell you a little story. She tried to get all brave and text me, Oh my God, why did you cancel my showing? I have been waiting for this for literally a week. And I was like, what are you talking <laughs> about? What house are you even talking about? Who is this? And she didn't text me back. So I have my little system. So I looked up my uh, her phone number. And I was like, oh, oh, it's her. So then I messaged her back and I was like, I saw your showings at one thirty, and it has not been canceled. Are you still going to make it? And she's like, yes. So then I go to the showing and I was like, okay, I'm gonna be a bitch to this bitch. Like I'm gonna. So then she shows up. She's like, oh my god, hi! And I was like, I have like I'm on my toes. I'm like, okay, think fast, switch up your tone. And I was like, oh my god, hi! It's so nice to meet you. Let's go in. I went ahead and unlocked it. Let me know if you have any questions, bitch. So uh, she goes in and she's like looking at it, and I was like, oh my god, this master's so nice, isn't it? It's very artistic. Then she was like, oh, my God. And I was like, if you have any questions, just let me know. I'll shoot you a text because she had asked me some questions. She's like, oh, my God. Is that your number? Oh, my God. I thought that was a robot. And I was like, no, it was me.
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh.
0: (laughs) Oh, God. Damn
2: well
1: was not a robot.
0: (laughs) I know. When I was like, wait, what home are you talking about? Like, oh, my God. That's such a robotic response. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. No, the robot that explains and why like... she did text me back. Uh-uh.
0: But I just, it's like becoming, everything's becoming like a blur. Like days yeah. are combining in together. So cool. Like the good thing is, is like, I don't feel like I'm aging. So there's that. Oh, that's awesome. I just like, I cannot wait for that day when we get to go out because I Ooh,
2: Brent, am Brent going Brent
0: to get so fucked up. Today. Like, I think we need to do start brunch on Saturday, go all night, and then go until brunch the next day. And then we can go home from there.
1: See, you guys are so quick to go out. What I'm going to do is no. I saw this, this meme and she was all like, you know how Apple releases their first products and it's a piece of crap? And you have to wait for the second release to get it the to vaccine. get it to where it's supposed to, how it's supposed to. That's what I'm gonna do. So when we release, I'm gonna let you guys test out the first amount of air. If that oh, air I is I'm going to be testing it. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. I'm
0: I'll
1: dope. give you a
0: 24 hour test with results. You're
1: like, <laughs> 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 I want to go out too, but I, again, I told you guys, I'm a homebody. It's... what have you been doing, girl? Tell me. I've been working, eating, and watching movies and documentaries. Bitch, you've been
0: eating ass and cashing checks. Wow, bitch. Wow.
1: <laughs> I hate you. Do I sound fine?
0: Yeah. No? You sound a little hoe-ish, but like normal. I can't. I can't with you.
1: So if you like our story, follow on our socials at LKD Podcast.
0: Yes. And also check out our website, com where we post blogs and talk about ourselves indefinitely.